This is Uncle Masty, and this is a three-count podcast. Ain't no party like a three-count party, because the three-count party don't stop. Ow! Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the three-count podcast. This is now entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And by now, after season four, our 300 plus episode, I would just think that you would just say with me, you know, I am your Sherpa. Because like every good Sherpa or your tribal chief, you will all acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring tonight? Well, you can find this man at Smash Monster. You can find him at UCW, Orochi, High Tension, TCW, Intergender Bonanza, and Backbreaker. He is everybody's favorite uncle, Uncle Massey. What's happening, Big Red Dog? Yo, man, thank you one for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate this a lot. Oh, it's my pleasure, my friend. Yo, so let's get this thing started, man, because, like, who is Uncle Massey? That's a that's a very deep question. I mean, where do you? I mean, I mean, I could answer that about a thousand different ways. You know, I, I'm I'm a pro wrestler. I'm a I'm a promoter now. I guess I finally wear that hat. Um, I'm a former preacher and minister. Um, I've been a carport salesman. I've been a manufacturer. I have what else? Man, I've done a lot of shit. Uh, tour <laughs> manager, band manager, nonprofit manager. Uh, if, if there's carny work to be done, I'm the guy to do it. You know, uh, I am your favorite uncle. I am the cool uncle. I am the uncle that, you know, just has wild adventures that nobody will ever believe. You know? <laughs> if you've ever seen the movie, big fish, that's sometimes when I'm telling stories about things that have happened in my life, that's what it feels like. <laughs> I can respect, I can respect it. A man that lives many lives. I can be honest. Like I've got, I've been that person that was like a busser, a serviceman, uh, you know, a personal trainer. Currently, pro wrestler, a rapper, poetry. Like if it's something that you can put your hands into, or even just like do something with, I've probably been associated with it. So I definitely, I can relate to like all different hats, different wares. Because you know, as you age and you get older and in life, like you want to explore everything because to be real, in the blink of an eye, everything is gone. And you know, uh, that's and why the I'm, more I do, the more I realize there's more than I want to do. So like it's exponentially just boom, 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 and I love it. I love it. I just want to get more stuff, experience more things. <laughs> Yo, so how did you get started into the business? Um, so when I was about I want to say like 16 years old, 15, 16 years old. Uh, I started going to indie shows um, just around the area with a, with a family friend of ours took us around um, and I met the wild Samoans. Uh, they were only about 45 minutes away from my house. Uh, WXW was, it, it was it, you know, it was and like, we're talking the late nineties cause I'm old as dirt and um, big brawly dudes. And like me, big brawly dude. Um, it just kind of, it just kind of clicked. I, I found my people and I started going to shows and I started being a little bit more regular there. And I always knew, I was like, this is what I want to do. I like something with wrestling is what I have to be doing. And I started doing ringside photography for, for pops. 
Um, I knew how to do websites. So like that was kind of like my wiggle in was I, I could help them run their website. Um, and I was willing to do all this for the, you know, very exploitable price of free because I was a kid, you know. <laughs> and uh, they treated me very well. And it just, it just, it was natural, you know, I was going to be a pro wrestler. So I started training in, in year 2001. Um, when I was still in high school and it's been wild. It's been wild. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you had mentioned that you're, you know, a promoter as well as, you know, like obviously handling your own promotions and then, you know, wrestling at the same time. And it's like, you see people who get into the business because of one thing, right? So for you, obviously it was photography, but then, you know, you, you, find this vaccination with the business and you just uh, want to explore all the options let's, let's make no let's make no uh, uh uh false false statements here i knew what i wanted to do was, <laughs> i've been this big since i was in seventh grade i just didn't know what to do with it and i knew i belonged in that ring and it was just a matter of how do i get there mm. how do i get there and i think that's so important is like if that's what you want to do if being in the ring is what you want to do You've got to figure out what do I have to do to get from where I'm at now to in there? Cause it's not, it's not as easy as you think, especially if you want to do it a lot. So find out what you're good at and use that to get in. So that's what I did. I started photography, web design. Um, I learned how to do a lot of marketing, which later on helped me out. Um, I would, I have a journalism degree with public relations track. Um, it kind of defined the way my life was going to go, but yeah. Uh, I knew, I knew, I knew that I had to be in that ring. That's where I would, is destiny. That's one thing, and like, I think for me, when I was like growing up too, I was like, I was trying to figure out like, you know, everywhere I looked, like pro wrestling was around me, even though like I went, I was an amateur wrestler and I started doing other things. I think it's one of those things where I was like, I kind of always wanted to be a pro wrestler. And even like my father, like talking to me back to about it, he was like, yeah, he's like, your grandfather wanted to be a pro wrestler. He's like, I just never felt like it was one thing for me. And then I see it grow with you. And you're right. Like, you're going to you're gonna do whatever you got to do to find your way to get into this place. And then even when you want to make your mark, as like everybody wants to do, right, you're going to find your own way to do it, right? Whether you become a graphic designer or you start a podcast so that you can reach out to other promoters to talk to them on their, on their show. Um, you do all sorts of stuff, like, to get out there or you just – become like this really dominant wrestler like you everybody has like their own niche of like how they get themselves like noticed and it's it's cool to see because you there's a lot of avenues to get into the business but ultimately there's one road that leads you into the ring and that's literally like getting in the ring <laughs> absolutely and you know the cool thing the as I get older, I see this more and more, you know, when I was younger, it was very singularly focused. Like it was all about what happened in between those ropes. But as I get older, I see that there's art form all over the place. Like I do graphic design too. I do all my poster designs. I do all my own merch designs. Um, I've, I've done artwork in that. I've done artwork in the art of promoting and marketing. There's an artwork. Um, I write all of the copy for anything having to do with Smash Master wrestling. And, and there's an art form in writing. There's art everywhere. There's art forms in storytelling. There's the art form of the athletics. There's art, 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 art everywhere. And it's finding out what you are good at creating. What is your calling to create? How, how are you called to create? And then grasping a hold of that and going, 
how can I apply this to pro wrestling and taking that avenue? I've seen some people that can do some bang in video production. I'm a hack at best when it comes to putting videos together. I can do it, but it's like, it's nothing spectacular. But then I run into people that can do things like that my mind can't even comprehend. And I love it because it's, it's not even like a, I wish I was good like that. It was like, I love the different variations of art and people pulling together because the more artists you have creating, the better the creation. I remember a period of time where wrestling was very just sterile and blah and everybody was either just, you know, beating the piss out of each other, strong style or like doing grapples. And, and there's an art form to all of that. But like when everybody's doing it, it's just, eh, that's why yeah. you got your thing, your flavor, your voice, not what the, 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 the current trend is, but what is it that you do? And then go out there and do it well. It's the one thing about wrestling that's just kind of funny and, and it's, it's so unique is that like uh, like wrestling is meant to be a variety show. Like you're meant to have a little bit of like everything. You can always have like your strong style wrestlers. You can have your grapplers. You can have your high flyers. You can have your comedy acts, right? But it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like ultimately like all these beautiful pieces are going to blend together and make the giant masterpiece all together. And it's it's funny because like even me, like, I'm older in the game, right, in the sense that, like, I'm turning 38 this year, and I've only been in the business for three years, but it's, like, understanding, like, how big, like, the circle is, and to see people all say, I only want to do this, it's, like, you're closing off so many avenues to what you could be doing, because you're, like, nah, this is, this is the wheelhouse for me, like, I only got into wrestling because I want to be the best strong style wrestler in the world, like, all right, right. I kept myself closed off to comedy in the, for the longest time, for the longest time. Cause I want, it was an ego trap for me, you know, like I, I, I wanted to be taken seriously because I felt like I wasn't in life taken seriously. So mm -hmm. it's like, let me throw some leather boots and spandex on and go be taken seriously. And, and as I get older, you know, like the guys that, that helped me out with smash, you know, they're always busting my chops. Cause I'm always like, not so much Scooby-Doo bullshit, you know? So can I swear? Yeah, you can swear. Okay. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I don't want so much Scooby-Doo bullshit. And they're like, have you seen what you book? Have you seen what you do? It's all Scooby-Doo <laughs> bullshit. And it's like, you know what? I, I yeah, I, I've turned the corner. Like there's a lot of flavors that I like that I know other people don't like, but now as a promoter, instead of just as one, as a worker, as a performer, my job's to sell tickets. I got to sell tickets. If I want to pay the talent what they deserve to be paid, I need to move tickets because I can only work so many extra shifts to cover bills, you know? And uh, yep. covering that variety and, and covering all of those flavors to attract a wider, you know, to cast a wider net. I know what I'm good at, but I also know what other people are good at. Like, I know that if I bring Stan Styles in, that place is going to literally be eating whipped <laughs> And it'll be glorious. And then I'll follow whatever shenanigan he's. We did a, a, a kitty pool cream pie match between him and the Beauty Steel. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, and it was fantastic. And it, it, we followed it up with Kit Rap versus Killian McMurphy, you know, and they just went out there and literally clotheslined each other for 20 minutes. And, and I love being able to, to just show that duality of, of of what this is this is entertainment you know this this is people don't just want to watch two guys go out there and be the best wrestlers in the world they, they want to go out and be entertained that it's 
covering all of that because you can be entertained by the, the the best wrestlers there but if everybody goes out there to be the best wrestler in the world then only one person's succeeding yeah and that's that's a really that's a really terrifying low success rate you know um just my thoughts on it at least i i just love the variety the variety is fantastic yeah and i think whenever you get those characters that are like because sometimes what ends up happening is you you run into like a super serious character, right? Like I'll I'll use a I'll use a perfect example, right? So one of the guys I team with is TJ Sykes, right? And TJ Sykes, obviously the Red Prince, very serious, right? Takes very very serious control of like situations. It's just the way he is. And then like you have me, who is clearly like the Deadpool of like the wrestling world, and just like he's a mercenary who thinks he's cool and just like slick and does like all sorts of random ass shit and says random ass stuff. But it's like the idea, like you have this super serious character with a super funny character, but then like they blend together and you have like this awesome, like tag spot that gets put together or like these, these awesome like characters that blend and you start seeing like cool stuff. It's equivalent to like how I think when I see family guy, right? Because if you ever notice like the, the welcome to the North, episodes are the ones that are specifically designed for uh stewie and brian uh those are two characters that you really wouldn't put together because obviously like brian is you know he's he leans on one way stewie's very evil or he's supposed to be not so much anymore but like those episodes like show like two different contrasting characters and how they can blend together and make like this awesome array of like an adventure and i think about that all the time so i think when people are like i'm just gonna be a super serious wrestler i'm like Look at Brian Danielson. Like, that guy is, like, the American Dragon. He's very serious, right? But every once in a while, you get him with, like, another character that's super funny out there, and shit just works, we'll right? still do this, right? <clears throat> we'll still do the yes, 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 yes. Yeah. We're super serious about that, you know? The man had a wooden championship belt. <laughs> he really did. He was the best wrestler in the world. He found a way to bridge between the two worlds. And, Team and Hell No is not supposed to be a thing. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the crowd books things just by opening their mouths from the, from the audience, and and you just sometimes you lean with it, sometimes you fight against it. Sometimes fate does booking just by things happening. You know, you just gotta roll with it. And I think that's one thing I learned from professional wrestling that I've been able to apply to every other aspect of my life is being able to call it on the fly to book it in gorilla, you know, um, wrestling happens. You, you see show like some promoters fall apart when talent don't show up. Surprise. Your talent didn't show up. It happens almost to everybody. It's how you respond to that. And when that shit happens, the entire locker room watches because that that's how we can tell the measure of a man as far as, are we ready to follow you into battle? You know, are we ready to follow you into this thing that we could potentially paralyze ourselves with? That's why it's, it's just so important to be able to have that adaptability. And I was able to carry that from wrestling. Um, I, I've taken several breaks, you know, like I started, I started wrestling. My first match was in July of uh, 2002. I'm not a 20 year guy. Um, I've taken a lot of breaks to do a lot of other shit because I've got a lot of adult ADHD going on. So I don't <laughs> focus on any one thing for a very long period of time. But like, 
I, I ran a carport company. Like I, I ran an entire facility. I don't know shit about welding or, or building or construction, but I'm just good at organizing information and communicating. So uh, figuring out logistics and because it's because of wrestling, because of being able to go, oh shit, last minute change, last minute change, last minute change and not fall apart because of it. And, and that's so important too, you know, just like the variety, you know, you, you have to, you just have to have this adaptability to be able to be a good entertainer, to be a storyteller. If you're writing a book, you know, like there's a couple different ways that people write. Some people write with an outline and some people just, just write, you know, but you, you've got to have like a starting point, an ending point and an adaptability to get there somehow, some way. Sometimes the water in the river is too shallow and you got to pick the boat up and cut caddy corner, you know, sometimes shit happens. That's very rambly. And I apologize for that. No, I like it though, but it's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a great analogy to like how wrestlers should be treating and even like wrestling shows should be treating things, right? Like sometimes hey, you should just, if a show goes perfect, Hey, that's a rare occasion. Things go off the rail all the time in any show, whether we're talking about the WWE or AEW, or the indie scene, like, things go awry all the time. I mean, we can use a perfect example, you know, um, I don't know, example, like, the, so when you guys will watch this, you guys are literally watching this the next day, but uh, the Rumble, right, the Women's Rumble, like, Sonya Deville gets her face busted open, right, she has to be eliminated immediately, and they had planned for her to be in the Rumble for a little longer than what she was in. You saw uh, Rhea Ripley uh, or the Sonya Deville and then you saw Rhea Ripley get her nose busted open right like there's just you got to be able to move on the fly like things happen all the time and it's fine just keep rolling with the punches it's 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 not very you just kind of have to expect things are going to happen it's not if it's not um, if a show's going to fall apart it's kind of when it's going to fall apart but it's just how you bounce back to it so I like the idea of like being told like hey like sometimes you just you just got to roll with the water. Sometimes it's going to get too shallow. Just pick up your boat and just keep moving and you're fine. You know, um, drunk drivers typically walk away from accidents without injury because they're not so stiff and rigid because they're just very uh, not advocating for drunk driving, obviously. But <laughs> people that get hurt in those accidents, the, the innocent victims, um, are stiff and rigid because they're on alert, dah, 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 waiting for a calamity to happen. And, and it's the same exact thing. If you have that fluidity, if you're not so stiff and rigid, if you're, if you're willing to break down those ego barriers of this is what I am and this is who I am and this is all I can be. And, and you're, you allow yourself to interact differently with different people, then you'll have such an easier time navigating through this world and through this life, this wrestling life as a performer and, and, as a promoter, or as a booker, or, or any kind of storyteller, it is so important to just learn to breathe with it. I like that. I, speaking of learning to breathe with it, usually that comes when people take like crazy bumps, right? Or take a bad bump. But I need to know, what's your worst bump? My worst bump? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I, um... First of all, I'm huge, so like I don't get put in a lot of big bump situations. Um, now I did just have Big Vin choke slam me from uh, from the second rope the other night um, at Orochi. That was a lot of fun. Um, 
I haven't been in the air for that long for a long time. Um, I'll tell you what, it wasn't a bump. It wasn't a bump. But uh, in 2002, I will say about November, one of my first, one of my first concussions, um, I was working this guy named Cage. Uh, he's a Syracuse, Rochester, Binghamton, like upstate New York guy. And big jacked power lifter. Really strong, dumb, chubby, 19-year-old, loudmouth schmuck. And um, we were doing this spot because he was the champ. And, I, you know, I wanted to look cool because I was 19 and I thought I knew everything. Um, and I said, listen, Chuck, I want, I'm going to lean over the ropes and I want you to swing that chair up my head. But don't be a bitch about it. Swing it like you fucking mean it. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. Now I'd be like, <laughs> can I put my hand up? Because I got to believe in that. Like, there's no blocking it. So, like, I see him come walking over. Like, we're in the middle of the match. And, and I'm sure it was terrible because I was in it. And I see him pick the chair up. And I didn't know until after this is the first time he'd ever swung a chair in a match. So, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. I just handed a 320-pound giant walking muscle a weapon. Fantastic. And he's got it upside down. So I'm looking at the ridges on the bottom. Mm. And I'm leaning over. And it's not like I can be like, time out. Hey, flip that around. Although now, as a as an almost 40-year-old, I totally would be like, time out. Turn that chair around. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> a bit out of it. But, like, he swung it. And I saw, like, pink, white, blue, yellow, purple, black. Computer was rebooting in my head. And uh, I, I I shake it off and the ref's leaning down next to me and, and, and she goes, are you okay? Do you need the doctor? And I said, no, get me the photographer. I want pictures because I could just feel this, this cascading waterfall of blood pouring down my face. There's pictures of it up on my Facebook. And, um, and it's just pooling. It's pooling on the mat. I have a whole handprint on the mat. It was just, just a bloody handprint. And like I'm looking down, just watching it come down, and I go to wipe it out of my eyes, and all I'm doing is just smearing more blood around. Like he went all the way to the skull. Oh. Um, took eight staples to put it back together. I tried to go to a party after the the, the show instead of the doctor. Uh, my brother yelled at me, and a bunch of my friends made me go get stapled up. Um, it was it was an absolute disaster and a mess. We got kicked out of that fire hall because I bled too much. Um, just hard way, you know, uh, that I think would be like my worst, I don't want to say bump, but like the, the worst injury or, or, or hit to the head. Can you really quantify which is the worst hit to the head? No, <laughs> no, it's, it's all bad. Concussion <laughs> list, you know? Yeah, no, it's all bad. That's all bad. Yeah, yeah they all suck, <laughs> you know, they all suck a lot. Um but no, I haven't really had to take like a whole lot of big, big, big bumps. Um, I'm all right with that. <laughs> Maybe that's why I can still go at 40, you know? <laughs> yeah, you got, you know, you're, you're like, hey, I don't got to do all these crazy things. And uh, and it helps being a big guy, too. Because yeah, like if yeah, you're a bigger dude, like people yeah, are going to bump you. It's <laughs> been a blessing. Um, but I will tell you, I will tell you, it's it's no brains from this point on, you know, I'm doing dumb shit now. Um, I will do dumb shit. I'll continue to do dumb shit. Um, it's till the wheels fall off and probably then some. 
So uh, <laughs> don't think just because I'm out there that it's like going to be like your typical old big guy. You know, I'll do some dumb shit. Like, I don't mind. I like it, actually. Um, I ain't getting signed. So let's let's see how far we can push the boundaries. I like it. I like it. Well, so one of my other questions I love asking, and it's, it's something that comes with this show. Uh, what's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn? On every level, on every single level of professional wrestling, um, as a performer, as a promoter, as a booker, um, as, as a human being, less is more. Less is more. Um, not just, not just a, a, a cliche about doing less moves and, and slowing it down out there, kid, because that's real too, but, but less is more. Um, you don't need to make a thousand friends. Because if you have a thousand friends, they're not all your friends. Mm. Um, if you have less, you're choosier about what that less is that you have. Everything that you have, relationships, objects, financials, experiences, moments, memories, uh, reputation, it's all put in a bag and you carry it around. Minimize. Carry less bullshit. Less is more. In the ring, less is more. Instead of throwing three really rapid fire punches, throw one really good one. Register that it took effort to throw it. And when that guy, when your opponent throws one at you, sell that. Sell it. Let it let the crowd breathe that in. When you're a booker, learn to say no. There's not room for everybody on the show. You don't need to have three three ways and a four-cornered tag match and a 17-man scramble and a battle royal just to get everybody on. Learn to say no. Less is more. As a worker, you don't need to work. You don't need to wrestle four times a weekend. You don't. You want to, but you don't have to. Stop working at the shindies. Stop working at the shindies. You want to get reps in? Almost every training center now has cameras. And I guarantee you at the training center, they're going to have just as many people standing around watching as you do at most of these shindies. Get your reps in a controlled environment and protect your brand. Stop giving yourselves up. Stop breaking your necks for guys that didn't give two shits about you. Less is more. Learn to say no. Like I said, every level, top to bottom, less is more. I like that. That's a lot of great advice. Um, I'm old. I know, but it's appreciated. Though. <laughs> uh, so here's uh, my, my last big question before we jump into the 10 count podcast questions. Uh, but being that you've been around for, you know, almost, and you've been around the business for 20 plus years, right? I want to say you've been in 20 years because you said so, but being a promoter and even a worker, I need one do and one don't. Of the locker room. One do and one don't of the locker room. Um, don't be a creep. Don't touch people that don't want to be touched. Don't assume people want to be touched. Don't be a creep. Um, you're not there to... Your job in the locker room is not to procreate. Don't be a creep. 
There's nothing worse. I'll just expound on this too. Beyond all of the grossness of it, there's nothing worse than a locker room divided because of interpersonal relationship drama. Leave that shit outside. That's my don't do. And this is going to, this is going to be a different answer than you would have gotten 20 years ago. Do have fun. Do enjoy this. Do remember that the reason you're a professional wrestler is because you wanted to be a professional wrestler because it looked fun. Remember that this is fun. When I broke into the business, it was, was very common to beat the fun out of the students, to make fun of and ridicule them for enjoying being a wrestler, for enjoying watching wrestling. The phrase, don't be a mark, gets thrown around so much and I hate it. I hate it because it's just gatekeeping the fun out of wrestling. Go and enjoy it. I, I went to uh, uh, GCW's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day show um, this, this past New Year's with Philly Mike and Riley Crow, And it was so refreshing being with two people who are wrestling fans at a wrestling show. I've been in locker rooms. I've been in locker rooms where wrestlers literally sat in a circle to talk about how much they hate wrestling. Fucking leave. Love this shit. Love this shit or get out of it. That's my do. Have fun. Love this shit because it's fun. I'm 40. I wouldn't be doing this shit if it's not fun. Right. That's the thing. I, that's why I enjoy. It's just I enjoy. Like I guess that's just where like the bigger part is. I just have fun with everything. So it's it's crazy to think that you could like guys like guys like Rob Van Dam, guys like Mr. Sandman, guys like you know Ricardo Rodriguez, right? Like they've been doing this for so long, but they're still having fun. So at what point did we decide that like, hey, fun is a bad thing in this business? Like it's so weird to me. I'm like, yeah. Why would you? Why would you not want to enjoy the ride that you're on? Like it just doesn't make sense. Like you used to get made fun of if you would take the pictures in the back, and now you'll see it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. You know, take the photos, take the photos, take the photos. But there was a time. There was a time when if you took a photo in a locker room of you and another talent, you'd get bullied for it. Don't be such a mark. Like I. I like to buy shirts off of off of performers that that spark my interest. You used to not be able to do that. You get made fun of for it, or or, or threatened to be blackballed. And really, it's just like it's 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 small dick energy, you know. Fuck all that. This shit's fun, man. This is fun. Let's enjoy this. And if it ever doesn't get fun, like if you wake up and you're like, I'm not enjoying this. Take a break. Step away. It's okay. Guess what? There are no rules. Everybody makes this shit up. Step away. Take six months off. Go on the cooler. Get yourself reset. Physically, mentally, emotionally. And if you feel called to come back, then come back. It's still going to be there. This is so true. So, speaking of keeping things fun... We're going to move it to the second best segment. Actually, I'm not even going to find more. It's the best segment in the three-count podcast because 
the Red Dogs power rankings are on hiatus. I'm not going to say that they're retired, Chaz. That's just not happening. But this is the three-count podcast, ten-count questions. And Uncle Masty, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off ten questions at you rapid fast. And whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Ooh. All right. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing. And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. SmackDown or Raw? SmackDown. Favorite cartoon? Rick and Morty. Sonic or Mario? Mario. Sorry, Killian. (laughs) Favorite movie? Bridge to Terabithia. Good pick. (laughs) First one one that pops in my mind. PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, PlayStation. Favorite actor? Yo, that's that's a hard one. Skip. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Android or Apple? Uh, Android. Favorite podcast? Currently, because I've got a five-second uh, um, time span uh, uh, or attention span, weekend at Effie's. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Just one. Um, you you can put a list out. <laughs> Oh man, Kit Ref. Okay, I like that one. It's definitely on my list of people to get. <laughs> the other one would be uh, Kit Ref, Adina Steele, Philly Mike Swanson, and Riley Crow. One, two, three, four. My two favorite couples in professional wrestling. Nice. So I'll be honest, share this out there. Philly Mike has been on the show, and Adina Steele has been on the show. So Kit definitely is on the list, and Riley Crow as well. So they're, they're both have... so bring them on again because they need something to do. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, I do know that. And I'm like, you know, for those who are wondering, this Sunday, yeah, you guys at uh, right now, if you're in Maryland, you guys can go to Westminster on Sunday and uh, go check out Adina Steele. Go support, you know, take some pictures, buy some of her merch, right? You know, we can show some love. Uh, but she's going to be there with uh, the Baltimore Slut Fest. So more importantly, last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this podcast have a curse word fuck right <laughs> like, but yeah, those are true. all <laughs> those are all my heavy hitting questions my, so the my, last thing i need from you I think four letter f words are free food and fuck you know and any combination of those is fantastic as well <laughs> i love that <laughs> you know so those are all my heavy hitting questions the last thing i need is for you to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you you can find me uh, personally at, at Rosh Dangit, R-O-S-H-D-A-N-G-I-T, because that shit's funny, um, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And then if you want to find Smash Master Wrestling, it is just like this over here. Smash Master yeah. Wrestling, no G, and it is wrestling, not wrestling. That is for Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and Twitter, because they've got weird character regulations. Smash Master 570. 
there you go. He gave you all the handles and told you where you can find him. He also told you, you know, about Smash Master Wrestling. So, what does that mean? Like every great part of a wrestling match, we got to take it home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast, which is now in ring. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Wheeler, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently. You can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's into the ring? You see him right there, okay? It's Uncle Massey himself. So you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there, or you're legitimately just subscribed to all of our YouTube channels. You're subscribed to our Spotify. You're even leaving us those five-star frog slash reviews. You're even going down here. You're following all of our social media handles. You see them right there on the bottom. And if you don't, uh, you can find us at TikTok at 3count underscore pod, Instagram, and wait, Twitter is actually three count underscore pod. TikTok and Instagram is at three count pod. You guys just type that stuff in there. You guys can find the rest of it because it's all right there. Also, you're picking up our merch. You can find that at pro wrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count podcast. You can find my merch at for your wear, uh, for your wear.com forward slash red hyphen dog. And you can find pure ignorance as well because you know, support jazz. And last but not least, do all that stuff, comment, leave all your messages, tell your friends you're either doing all that stuff or you're. Really just kind of waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for the outro, and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Fuck Jay Bougie. Peace. <laughs> What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. Well, what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there. Find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to Anger.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise oh. at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.